morning everyone. Uh, a very warm welcome to you all here in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, welcome to those who are new among us uh, and those who are joining us uh, live, uh, uh, live online as we live stream the service. Um, during the month of August we are um, take, taking part together in creative and interactive services, hence the, the layout of our space here today. Uh, just to uh, say that we are live streaming this service, so if you do not wish to be on camera uh, or live streamed across the globe, uh, then don't come up the front, okay? So we will have some uh, moving around activities, but we do, do not, uh, we're not going to film anything that's kind of happening that side as it were, or up in the balcony, or safe up in the balcony. I know that's why you go up there, so uh, that's right. <laughs> Just to say as well that uh, for those who have uh, children, young people, those who have under 18s, we have new um, uh, permission forms uh, for all ages. They are currently at reception, on the reception desk. Please do take uh, however many you need away with you to fill in. Uh, we're needing to update those forms and get updated details and updated permissions. So please do take those away um, uh, with you or contact the office if you've uh, um, forgotten and uh, needs to, to get those. Today um, we are thinking about some of the questions that Jesus asks. Jesus was often asking questions to find out what was in people's hearts and minds. And today, uh, a few questions that he asks and a revelation that Simon Peter, one of his disciples, gives and expresses, uh, is given and he expresses, where he declares who Jesus truly is, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. In fact, it's a declaration that Jesus invites all of us to make. Just as we begin our service, we're going to join together in a responsive call to worship. Um, a reminder that there are some activity uh, sheets as well uh, around about, certainly downstairs on the tables. Those are there for you to either take away with you, uh, the ones with lots of pictures and writing on, uh, or to use as, as uh, throughout this time together. And uh, other sheets uh, we're going to be using throughout the, the service, throughout the time together. So I'd like us to join together in this responsive call to worship. Uh, I'll read the words in uh, white print and uh, together I'd like us to declare the words in yellow, bold print. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love 
and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord the King. We don't have a harp, we have something similar. We don't have a ram's horn, uh, but we have something similar. Um, but we have singers, rather. But we're going to declare God's praises together as we worship together. We're going to declare our thanks to God. There's a lot of people here and, and people watching online. And, and we all go through different things at different times. Some ups and some downs. But each one of us has opportunity to worship God. To focus afresh upon him. To listen to him in our situation and still to declare our thanks and our praise. So we're going to sing together the first of our songs, At the Name of Jesus.
take your seats. So we're considering some very important questions that Jesus asks his disciples, and we could say he asks us today. Many of us will come across, if not all of us, this TV programme. Who wants to be a millionaire? A show where contestants are asked a series of questions and the more they answer correctly, the bigger the prizes. Well today, some of you are very hopeful, aren't you? Today, we are not setting our sights on becoming millionaires. Rather, we are thinking about becoming followers. Followers. So who wants to be a follower? A follower of Jesus. Because Jesus invites people to follow him. He is the good shepherd. And he says, come, follow me. In fact, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. And they know me. Jesus also said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Such great promises, these. May we be like the person who said to Jesus, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. However, just as that teacher asked, there are implications, there are consequences for following Jesus because following him was, is, was and is through a cross. In fact, Jesus says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And he says, whoever wants to be my disciple, uh, that's uh, another name for a learner of Jesus, someone who's learning and walking with him, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Say no to what the the flesh wants and take up their cross, meaning dying to self, self-centeredness, selfishness, and follow me. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me, he's very clear with this, cannot be my disciple. So we're considering Matthew chapter 16. And here we have kind of pictures, imagery really, of what it is to recognise who Jesus is, truly is, as he calls us to die to self, self-centeredness, selfishness, to leave our old life behind, our old ways, our old nature, our sin, our shame, and follow him 
in newness of life, to be part of his church that he is building. And indeed, he is building his church, he's building a house, the scriptures say. We could say, because we are a people of light, he's building a light house. We're not a people to be a people of darkness, but a people of light. So as we focus upon Jesus again, afresh today, we do so to worship him, to declare him who he is, what he has done for us, for his death upon the cross, his being raised to life again, and his ascension to his Father's right hand as that glorified Son of God, Son of Man. His light has shone upon us. His light shines among us. His light is to shine through us. So let's continue to worship him and declare his praises. We're going to sing a few songs one after the other as we worship. Feel free to stand, to sit, lift up your hands, close your eyes if you know the words. But worship God. Sometimes I don't know the words, so I just close my eyes anyway and let people sing around me and I just worship God. But worship God. It, he, we're here to encounter him today. Where else do we go as we gather together? This is a special time, gathering together as God's people in God's presence for him to minister to us and minister through us to one another as we declare his praises, as we worship him.
So, who wants to be a follower? Who wants to be a follower? As we look through Matthew chapter 16, we read in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. If you want to know some of the background to this or some other thoughts about this, Tim has, has written a very helpful uh, message uh, in the uh, bulletin. So that's available for you to take in paper form or you can look online. Um, but as Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. Who do people say the Son of Man is? Who do people say the Son of Man is? I, I want to... This is the, the £500,000 question. There's a lot at stake here. And of course they reply a number of answers. Some say, A, John the Baptist. Others say, B, Elijah. Still others say, C, Jeremiah. They didn't really put in the letters. I'm just uh, making that bit up. And the others say, D, one of the prophets. So it's almost as though they give themselves this kind of multiple choice, as you would find. And perhaps they're, they're wondering, as they're confronted with Jesus, uh, and certainly Jesus' question, who do you say the Son of Man is? They've got all these options, all these opinions. You know, do they ask the audience, the crowd there? I'm sure that if they did, they would have a number of answers on who the Son of Man is. The Son of Man features in, the, in their scriptures, what we have now as our Old Testament. The Son of Man. Maybe they'd want to phone a friend. Well, they didn't have phones in those days, but maybe they'd run to the next village. And say, so I've got this really difficult question that Jesus has asked. Who do you say the Son of Man is? Maybe they want a bit of a 50 50. Uh, Jesus, can you narrow down the options here? We're a bit befuddled by this one. We're not quite sure. You know, Jesus asks questions, and it's okay for us to say back to him, Jesus, I don't know the answer. I'm not sure. I, I need some help with this one. Because Jesus is asking questions in order to find out what's in our heart, what's in our mind, what we think. Or do we ask the host? I, I didn't realise this was a new category uh, under, well, I think probably under, under this chap here. Um, it didn't used to be when I used to watch it. But ask the host. That's probably the best answer, uh, the best kind of um, route. Perhaps they should ask Jesus. Ask, who is the Son of Man? Well, interestingly, Jesus asks this question, but they don't seem to get an answer from him. See, Jesus does ask questions, but sometimes he doesn't give the answer right there right then. And then let's say that Jesus asked him another question. Let's say this is the, the million pound question. 
what about you? Who do you say I am? Hmm. Note the difference in the question. So he's asking who the Son of Man is, but now he's turned it towards himself. Who do you say, what about you, who do you say I am? I would say this is the key question that Jesus asks his disciples. And perhaps the key question he's asking you, or he's asked you. Who do you say Jesus is? What about you? Who do you say I am? I think the Greek has it recorded, what about you, plural? And that can certainly be so. But he also asks individuals within that crowd, of course. So we could have it as a singular you. Who do you say Jesus is? You know, there's all kinds of options. If you want to ask the crowd, you want to ask the opinion of others and what people have thought down through the ages. There's all kinds of... I wouldn't have enough categories on here. I've only got four. Jesus is a good man. He, he did good things. He helped people. He was kind to people. Some people don't believe that Jesus even existed. He's a work of fiction. He's not a real person or he's an amalgamation of lots of different stories. I'd say the evidence points to the contrary. The evidence points very clearly to this Jesus being a historical, real individual. I don't think we can escape. I don't think we can get out of jail on that one. I don't think we can pretend that he wasn't a real person. Maybe Jesus is a, a miracle worker and just that. Yes, he did amazing things back then, somehow. And they would, the people of his day would attribute his power to all kinds of reasons. Some would say that Jesus is a prophet. Many say that today and they would be correct. But not just a prophet. To say he is just a prophet would be incorrect, I suggest, from what the scriptures say. And you may come up with all kinds of other questions, uh, other things, maybe a, a teacher. Or maybe you would speak of it in much more personal terms. Who do you say Jesus is to you? So what about you? Who do you say I am? I want you just to turn in your groups or turn to your neighbour and say to them, and I want to say you are free to say what you believe, what you really think here. You don't have to try and get the right answer. Say to the next person or the group that you're in, I think Jesus is dot, dot, dot. And you may want to share personally why you think Jesus is how, uh, the, the answer. So I'm going to give you just a, few, few, uh, a little time just to turn to the person next to you and say, I think Jesus is, and then say what you think. I want to leave it open to yourselves. So I might ask for a bit of feedback 
in a bit uh, to, for a bit of shouting out later on, so you may want to pick some of your best answers. <coughs> Okay. Well, not not everyone uh, not everyone enjoys this kind of thing, but uh, a number of you it sounds as though a number of you have uh, have something to say on the matter. So I'm going to ask for some um, some shout outs. You don't have to. You, I'm not asking you to identify anyone and say, well, so-and-so thinks this, okay? You can shout out the thing that you think. And still, I want you to still have opportunity to say something, to, to say what, who Jesus is to you, even though you don't know if that is the, the right answer, okay? Because Jesus does ask this question of each one of us to see where we are in our relationship with him, in our relating, our position with him. So any shout-outs, you have to make sure it's nice and loud and I'll try and repeat it if I hear it. Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Very good. Well, well done. Top answer, of course, because <laughs> we're going to be focusing upon this and I gave you a clue over there. But that's it. Jesus is the Messiah. Um, we will unpack that a little bit. Brother. Brother. Jesus is, Jesus is brother, a brother to us. A prophet, the son of God. My saviour. Make sure you shout out nice and loud and not at the same time as other people. Jesus is mine. Say the other ones that I miss. Jesus is my friend and saviour. It's good to be able to declare that truth today. King, judge and ruler. Jesus is king, judge and ruler. My friend and my God. Jesus is my friend and my God. Jesus is son of God. Jesus is good shepherd, the good shepherd. Jesus is my guide. Jesus is my guide. Jesus is everything to me. Jesus is the great I am. Words used of God himself as he reveals himself as the I am. I am who I am. There will be other... Jesus is my Lord and much else. Jesus is my Lord and much else. And to speak of Jesus being as my Lord, uh, both is a, a term referring to God, but also as the one who is Lord over our lives, is, is the one who, who says and we do. Jesus is the one who sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is the one who sticks closer than a brother. So, and you, you may need to hear these things today these truths today be reminded of them because sometimes we can forget and we need to turn afresh to him in fact Simon Peter he well Simon Peter don't, don't you love him 
He, he speaks first and thinks later in so many situations. But I think he's really thought about this one. He's come to the conclusion, the considered conclusion. And this is what Simon Peter says after journeying with Jesus. He says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. In other words, he tries to give a complete answer. You are the Messiah. You're the one we're waiting for. You're the anointed one of God. And, and the picture of the Messiah for the Jewish people uh, encompassed lots of imagery of being a redeemer, someone who's buying his people back, of being a rescuer, being a king, being a shepherd. And yet Jesus was bringing himself as, as Messiah, but also as much bigger, a much a fuller concept than they were understanding or had understood uh, from that, uh, until that point. So I would say Simon got the right answer from what I hear. We're getting the right answers that God is at work among us. God is revealing himself to us through Jesus, the Messiah, the King. We're going to sing a, a lively little song. Many of you are familiar with this. Um, and you can do actions to this, but um, I, I, I'm going to try and make them up because I can't remember all of them. Um, who's the King of the Jungle? This is a song, of course, that declares that Jesus is King of everything and everyone and gives us the opportunity to say he is the king also of me and the implications that that has for me for you if he is king then that has its consequences in our lives so let's sing this uh, this song together you may want to stand for this because there's actions you may want to join with me and do some of the actions Surprise for you there, so let's sing again.
couple more things to be said about this, uh, about this passage. There's the aspect of revealing and building. This king, I mean this, I think these were taken of Prince Charles when he was prince, but he's now king. This king is a king who reveals and a king who builds. I think our king and his uh, family must spend their lives pulling, off cur pulling curtains off things and, and so on. Um, and there's Prince Charles. I don't know what he's building there, but I wouldn't like to live in it. <laughs> but our king is revealing himself and he is building his church. So God the revealer. Of course, we have Simon Peter declare, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replies this, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You know, Jesus is one who is revealed to us, not worked out. He's not kind of calculated, as though we've kind of summed him up. God reveals himself to us, and we pray that he might reveal himself to others around us, perhaps even using us to reveal something of his goodness and his grace and his forgiveness through our lives to those in our family and friends and, and neighbours. So God is the one who reveals himself. And he also shows himself to be the God who builds. And you've come across this chat. Bob the builder. Can he fix it? They were much more, more enthusiastic on the cartoon. But we have God the builder. Can he fix it? Yes, he can. And I'll just think for a moment. When you look at the brokenness, perhaps in our world, perhaps in your own life, the things that are not how they should be, the things that need repairing, restoring, renewing, <coughs> ask yourself, or rather, ask God this question. God, can you fix it, please? And perhaps he will use you as well to be a part of fixing, renewing, repairing, restoring the brokenness in this world, the brokenness in people, the brokenness in your own life. And seeing that, that change and transformation and to have confidence that when we ask God to fix it. God doesn't come with pat solutions. I love Bob the Builder because he, he came to a situation and thought creatively about it and sometimes he got all kinds of others involved. Even a scarecrow. He got others involved in being part of that solution. And so sometimes it can't be fixed overnight. And it can't be fixed by just you, or just a few. There's a bigger job at hand. But God is able to fix things, and he is able to be at work in our lives. And so sometimes we need to be patient with God's patience. God is so patient with me, 
He, he must wait for ages for me to turn back to him. Time and time again. If you know you're walking in the wrong direction from him, turn round today. Start facing him afresh. Say to God, God, can you fix it? Because I know that you can. Even though it may take a bit longer than I want and I'm comfortable with and I'd like, begin your work. Be begin your rebuilding. And of course, God is that builder. And he builds his church. And this is what Jesus says uh, to Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. I tell you that you are Peter. He's, he's spoken to him as Simon, um, but now he calls him Peter. Petros, the rock. Rocky. It's almost like a nickname. You can almost hear the... Do, 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 you know, as Rocky comes on the scene. That's what they must have thought a bit of Peter. Oh yeah, here he is. Jesus was saying, you're going to be the one that I'm going to be relying upon. But also this truth that I'm sharing with you now of who I am and what I've come to do. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. What a promise. We're going to have an opportunity just to do a little bit of building. Around about there are, I think, I'm hoping, 11 bricks. They're, all they are is A4 sheets of paper with some scriptures on about building or God, God building. And they are either on chair, under chairs or there's a, even a couple up in the balcony. Um, can I have someone, who's someone who's tall to help me here? Because you're going to need to be quite tall. An adult I'm talking about. Anyone tall and steady? Brilliant. Okay, very good. Yes, up, right. Okay, are you happy to go to the back? Okay. And um, I'm going to ask uh, folk to come to you. This is, this is Ronnie. Ronnie's, Ronnie's new among us, so it's good to have you here, Ronnie. So Ronnie's going to stand at the back. He's, you're taller than I am, Ronnie, so uh, that's great. And uh, if you've got a piece of paper uh, with a scripture on it, take it to Ronnie, or get it to Ronnie somehow. You can pass it to your neighbours. He's going to stand at the back, and then he's going to bring 11 sheets of paper forward. So Ronnie, I'm trusting you're good at counting, at least up to 11. You can pass the pieces of paper to one another. Be involved in the building. Did we get the two from upstairs? Yes, and there should be another three hidden on chairs or on, on the side somewhere. Oh, another one. Another one, and I think there's going to be one more somewhere. Don't worry if there isn't. We'll have a wonky building. 
Okay, I'm going to ask not to be filmed for the moment up the front. You can film this in a bit, okay, up the front, uh, over there with the, with the house that we're going to build. As Ronnie comes to the front. Ronnie, come to the front, please. Great. Now, Ron's, Ronnie's going to help me here, so I'm, I'm going to... How many have we got? Ten, that's fine. Okay, well, we'll start with a foundation, so we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a bit of a wonky foundation. Keep looking, because I'm sure there are eleven, but I'm, I'm, I'm no good at counting, so... Um, if you start adding them on, Ronnie, there's um, blue tech here anywhere, yeah, yeah. Uh, one minute, one minute, one minute. Oh, what I mean, that's it. There should be, they should uh, form kind of a brickwork. I'm just going to read these out. In the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. We also read, encourage one another and build each other up. We read, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. We are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. You're doing well here. The thing about blue tack, it's not very tacky. No. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. If anyone builds on this foundation, that is Christ, using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Every house is built by someone but God is the builder of everything. Thank you very much, Ronnie. I'll, I'll give, him, give him a round of applause. Thank you. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbours for their good to build them up. I think that's all of them. There, there may be a... I'm sure there is another one. <laughs> we'll find it in a few weeks' time. But there are plenty of scriptures that encourage us to, to be co-workers with God, to be partners with God in building his church, in building a kingdom of God, building his kingdom, in building one another up and strengthening each other. We're going to sing our next song. Christ be our light. We're building here a, a light house. This is a, a house that I've pictured it as a lighthouse because God has spoken of us 
as a light that cannot be hidden, the church that is, as a light that cannot be hidden, that gives light. Um, so, so let's be that light in our world. Christ be our light.
take your seats. And one last thing to be shared from this passage in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus speaks about unlocking and locking and telling. We're given the key of the kingdom of heaven. We're called by Jesus to bind and to loose, that is to, to lock and unlock. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, this is a promise to his church, will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. On the surface, a very strange thing to do. And yet their awareness of who he was, was to be disclosed, but at the opportune time, at the right time and in the right way, and with all the facts. Because if at this time they shared, Jesus is the Messiah, all the confused and wrong notions of, Je of this Messiah being a, a king that would defeat the oppressor, that, that wasn't exactly what Jesus was coming to do in the way that they understood. They were the people who were oppressed by the Romans. Perhaps if Jesus is Messiah, he's going to come into Jerusalem riding on a mighty war horse and defeat the Romans. He was going to be doing a bigger defeating than that. He was going to be defeating sin and death. And so he wanted them to share, yes, to share that he was Messiah, but at the right time and with the right information, with the right fullness of revelation as he dies on a cross and as he comes to life again, that here is a king that has life in all its fullness to give to this world. So in your situations that you face, in our situations that we face, there will be things that we wish were unlocked, were set free, unchained. Perhaps we feel like that of ourselves. I wish I could give that up. I wish I could let that go. I wish I could forgive that person. I wish this situation would be worked out and reconciled. I wish these peoples would come to peace, and so on and so forth. On your chairs as you came in, perhaps now on your tables, there is an A4 sheet with a key and a, um, a speech bubble. And there are some upstairs as well. Take a moment to write in these, and no one else will see them if you don't want them, want them to. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to shout them out or to bring them up the front. This is for you to take and use. If you are going to find this helpful and take away with you as a reminder, what situation needs looking? You don't have to show this to anyone else. You may want to write it, you may want to draw a picture or put a symbol or some initials. But just spend a moment as a prayer to God, Lord, this is the situation I'm bringing before you that I want releasing, I want unlocking. There were 
pens on your table. Uh, if there's not enough pens in your group, there'll be pens on another table. There are pens upstairs. Just in this moment, think about what needs unlocking, what needs loosing, setting free. Or perhaps who you need to set free, who you need to forgive. And in forgiving them, you're setting yourself free as well, of course, of unforgiveness and bitterness and pride and all those things. And who do I need to share Jesus with? Because today is the day, now is the time to share that Jesus is the Messiah. And we had opportunity earlier on to say, Jesus is dot, dot, dot. And in a simple way, you can say that to others. Uh, your family, your friends, your neighbours, your enemies. Those you don't like, those who don't like you. To give them opportunity as well to hear about Jesus. Who do I need to share Jesus with? You may have a long list. But you can take this away as well. Just spend a moment, if you wish to, write, to write down words, initials, situations. Draw a picture if you like. And we'll just pause in this moment. So as we get ourselves ready to go out from this place, these are the situations that we have on our hearts and minds. These are the people. Situations that need freeing, unlocking, loosing. And situations where people need to hear about Jesus. And perhaps we, I, am the one to do it. It's, um, in this quietness, I want to lead us in a prayer before we sing our final song. So, our Lord, we thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for the revelation that you gave Simon Peter. We thank you that you are a God who builds his church and a God who sets people free. And a God who, at the right time and in the right way, wants people to know that Jesus is the Messiah is the one who has been sent to save us. So Lord, we bring to you the situations and the people that are on our hearts, ourselves, Lord, the things we struggle with, and we ask that you would set people free. Set the captives free, Lord. Open up prisons. Open up locked doors, locked opportunities where we have been met with that resistance either within ourselves or within a situation for that transformation, that light of life that you bring. And we pray that you would enable us to be those who are full of courage and boldness and wisdom and love as we share you with others, as we have opportunity to share the faith that we have. And Lord, for any here today, who this day, they recognise that Jesus is the Messiah for the first time, recognise that Jesus has died for them to remove all their sin and give them a fresh start to place his Holy Spirit within them so that they can live a life, a new life as new creations for him. 
We pray for any who are making that decision now to follow Jesus, to pick up their cross and follow, that you would grant great joy and you would grant us as a church, us as a fellowship, the wisdom on how we support one another in this walk with you in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to sing our final song from the sun's rising and if you wish to uh, be prayed for or to pray with someone there are those who will gather at the front here afterwards uh, the cameras won't be on um, and uh, you will uh, have opportunity there to, to just pray with people and, and if you are wanting this day to say yes for the first time I want to follow Jesus then do share that with them or share that with myself um, it's a great, a great and good day for you here today. So let's sing together for, from the sun's <coughs> rising and then we're going to stay standing for a responsive prayer.
those some words uh, as a prayer adapted from Psalm 80. I'd like us to read together the words in yellow. Hear us, Shepherd of Israel, you who lead us, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before us. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smoulder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbours and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. You, you transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea. It shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes? Boars from the forest ravage it, and insects from the fields feed on it. Return to us, God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this vine, the root of your right hand has plant the root your right hand has planted, the sun you have raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down, it is burned with fire. At your rebuke your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Amen.